0: Welcome to the James River Church podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor David Lindell, Executive Ministry Pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. If you were here on Sunday, you know we jumped back into our series, walking through the book of Acts called Power Today. And as we often do, we don't do it all the time, but often on Wednesdays, it's an opportunity to drill down into something that we saw in the passage. And so I want to actually take you back to Acts chapter two, verse 14 tonight. Acts chapter two, verse 14, because I want to talk to you just for a few moments on the power to take a stand. How many of you know we live in a day where our world desperately needs people who name the name of Christ to take a bold, audacious stand for Jesus? Our world desperately needs people who are willing and people who are empowered. It's not just willingness. People who are willing and people who have been empowered to take a stand and make a stand. How many of you know that there's something about the desire to make a stand against darkness and to take a stand for Jesus to see the kingdom of God advanced? And so I want to talk to you just for a few moments tonight before we come back into the altar about the power to take a stand and we've been walking through the book of Acts and if you don't know the story of how the early church charts its course through the book of Acts, it begins in chapter one in verse eight really with Jesus giving them a promise. He says that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then in Acts chapter two, Jesus delivers on that promise. So you see it right here. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. And that word for witnesses is the word martyr. You're going to, you're going to have such audacity and, and boldness to your faith that you would be even willing to go to the degree of laying down your life. So you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then when you get to Acts chapter 2, he delivers. Jesus, the baptizer, delivers on that promise and he baptizes his followers with the Holy Spirit. He fills them with the Holy Spirit. And then that out of that, the, the manifestation of that, this fire and rushing wind and they speak in other languages, they speak in tongues, languages they don't know, the, the Jerusalem is teeming with people. We saw this on Sunday because it is the Festival of Pentecost, and there's all these pilgrims in the city. The city streets are packed, and so as they, the band, this little band of Jesus followers, moves over into the temple courts, people are asking, "What does all of this mean? How do we understand what's going on here?" They're asking all of that, and as they ask that, a guy named Peter who's a very popular figure in the pages of the four gospels shows up again at the beginning of acts and he is the first one to address anybody from from this band of jesus followers he's the first personality within the early church to address people about what god is doing in this moment and when you go to Acts chapter 2, verse 14, it says this But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. So Peter stands up, and we looked at this word standing. It's the Greek word histeme, and it's not histamine, histeme. And it doesn't just mean that you were sitting and now you're standing. It it means to take a stand. Part of its semantic range is to take a stand or to make a stand. And so you've got this guy who 50 or 60 days before this is sitting outside of the room where Jesus is being interrogated, where Jesus is being beaten, where Jesus is being mocked, where he's being slapped. He's sitting outside of that room around a campfire and a little servant girl says, well, you are with him. And Peter can't stumble over himself fast enough to deny Jesus. He can't even stand up to a servant girl. And now, this same guy is making a stand and taking a stand in a crowd filled with thousands, including hecklers. It's amazing. That's an amazing thing. So, you start to wonder okay, what is that all about? Where does that power come from? And yet, we also notice that as he unpacks what the meaning of this is, which is where he goes in his message, that when he gets to verse 21, the, the focus and the focal point of his answer to all of these people, the hecklers and those who are asking, genuinely seeking, what does this mean? Which sh- shows up in verse 21. He, it says, and it shall come to pass, this is Peter talking, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In other words, the focal point and the focus of Peter's message is to see people respond to the message of the Gospel. To see people acknowledge who Jesus is, and then respond to his saving power, his saving message, the gospel. You know what? And Jesus said, he had said that when you receive power, what's going to happen is you're going to be my witnesses, that you're going to spread the news about me. The good news of the gospel is going to go around the world through you, and it's going to be, as a result... It's going to be as a result of you being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that's exactly what begins to happen. The early church begins to expand, people begin, you know, the, the people who come to Christ, they tell somebody else, and they tell somebody else, and they tell somebody else, and all of these people are coming to faith in Christ, and the early church is advancing. Do you watch it happen? We're gonna watch that happen through the book of Acts, but it's based out of this calling that Jesus gave them. This calling to go and make disciples, this calling to be his witnesses. And do you know this? You and I have the exact same calling. I have the same calling, you have the same calling, as every one of those people gathered in the upper room, as every one of those people that Jesus in Acts chapter one, verse eight was talking to, you have the exact same calling. But here's the thing, the fulfillment of that calling will not happen just because you're a Christian. The fulfillment of that calling will not be incidental or accidental. The fulfillment of that calling will come out of intentional positioning. That's where the fulfillment of the calling comes out of. That they're going to fulfill this calling and what sets them up to fulfill the calling that Jesus gave them is the power that Jesus supplied to them. Come on, that's where it comes from. And so without the power that Jesus wants to give you, promised to give you, you cannot fully step into the calling that he has for you. It's not accidental. It's not, it's not incidental. It's, it's going to take intentionality on every disciple of Jesus' part to embrace and step into the calling that he has for you. Same calling. God wants to work through you. God wants to empower you. God wants to strengthen you. God wants to work through you. God wants to give you boldness, but I think what can happen at times is that we read the stories of the early church, we read through the New Testament, we read the book of Acts, and we walk away going, well, that's probably just, it was probably easy for them to talk about the message of Jesus. It was probably, I mean, that was probably just the personality type that they have. They're probably just really a bunch of extroverts. You know, like they were just, they talked to anybody, anywhere. That's just the way that they were wired. That's just the way that they were, but it's not true. It's not, that's not true. And we can feel weak. You might feel when it comes to sharing your faith that you're like, I'm not as good as a lot of people I know. I'm not very good at it. I'm not very eloquent. You might feel pretty weak when it comes to sharing your faith, when it comes to being bold. But when the Holy Spirit fills you, guess what he does? He changes you. That's what you see in Peter's life. He is a different person around that campfire than he is in the midst of that crowd in Jerusalem. Different person. Because the Holy Spirit, when he fills Peter, he changes Peter. It's not not a personality-bound issue, it's an empowerment issue. That God loves to take weak people and work in their life. I love this, how Vance Havner put it. He said, the Lord had the strength and I had the weakness so we teamed up and it was an unbeatable combination come on how many of you thankful that he has the strength and when I'm weak even when I'm weak especially when I'm weak he's strong when I'm weak I'm strong because he's strong in me and through me you can team up with Jesus He'll give you the Holy Spirit. He'll change that weakness. He'll make you strong for the purpose and the calling that he's given you. And think about the Apostle Paul. When you think about the Apostle Paul, you think of this dynamic, you know, prolific writer in, in the first century, this prolific New Testament uh, pen inspired by the Holy Spirit. But Paul needed empowerment. It wasn't just his personality that enabled him to talk about Jesus. It's that he was continually being strengthened to do what God had called him to do. In fact, when you go to his letter to the Ephesians, you see this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I want you to notice several things in here because what Paul does here is he gives us three principles in two verses for the empowerment that we need to take a stand. And the first principle is this, that the power to stand comes from Spirit-empowered prayer. Your power, my power, anybody who's taking a stand and making a stand for Jesus is doing that out of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and Paul gets that. You go back to verse 18, look at what he says. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Now that idea of praying in the Spirit is one that shows up in the book of Acts that we get our understanding of what that looks like and how, uh, what often that sounds like when you go to the story of the early Christians because in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 when the Holy Spirit fills them when the Holy Spirit, when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit you look at this in verse 4 everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability So part of that manifestation that you've been filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you speak in a language you don't know. You speak in a heavenly language or a language that you've never learned. And all of that's that's part of what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul, speaking about that, understands how important that is and he understands that it's not just you speaking in a language you don't know and going, okay, well, I guess I'm just, I'm supposed to do this. He understands there's power in doing it. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and look at this. This is Paul writing again. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. In other words, when you speak in your prayer language that you received when you were filled with the Holy Spirit, you're strengthened through the exercise of that gift, of that language that God gave you. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit. So I'm not going to stop doing that but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Paul says there's a power in speaking in your, in your spirit-given language. There's a power in speaking in tongues. In fact, just a few verses later, what is he gonna say about himself? Look at this in verse 18. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. That's amazing. Yeah. Why would Paul say that? Because he knew he needed so much strength to do what God had called him to do. Right, that's right. Yeah, come on. Honestly, I think if you're not speaking in tongues a lot, it's because you're doing things that are less than what God has called you to do. Because if you were doing what God had called you to do, then you would need the strength that comes from doing this to fulfill the calling on your life. Come on, you, if Paul needed it, how much more do you and I need it? Right that God wants to strengthen you through the exercise of the gift that he's given you. And so that power to take a stand, that power to make a stand, comes through spirit-empowered pray- prayer. Praying in the spirit strengthens you personally. But there's a second principle that he gives. The power to stand comes from praying with your eyes open. Have you ever been in a prayer circle and you, all, you had your eyes closed and then you looked up and somebody was just staring at you? That's not quite what I'm talking about. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have to pray with your eyes closed. You can pray with your eyes open. I pray with my eyes open a lot. They're for various reasons. I have four small children. Sometimes you just need to pray with your eyes open. (laughs) But Paul is referencing a certain type of awareness on our part as we pray. Look at this in verse 18. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. What does it mean to stay alert? In large part, it means to pay attention to the way that God is moving around you. To be cognizant of the, of the way in which God is moving in a certain time, in a certain place. Here's the thing that I'm aware of, the fact that God is moving in the life of the church. He's moving online. He's moving at every campus. He is moving in the life of the church in a way that is unique in the entire life of the church. That we're seeing things today that we've never seen before. That God is moving in ways that we've never seen him move before. We're aware that God is working. We're aware that God is moving in a really, really powerful and significant way. I mean, you've been hearing stories. You just heard the story of the guy in Australia. That, hey, I, he's pretty sure he's got throat cancer. He's just waiting on confirmation of what type of cancer is in his body. And then, I mean, can you, I mean that's crazy. Cameron goes to sleep. Good job, Cameron. And... <laughs> And he gets a testimony while he's sleeping. Oh his a testimony. If you pray for a lot of people, you're going to start getting testimonies while you're sleeping. That's awesome. But that's just, one, that's just one story. One of our James River College students, he was getting his, we have a cafeteria on site here at the South Campus for the college students. He came into the cafeteria, and the day that day, whatever was being served had a lot of dairy in it. And he said, oh, I'm going to have to do something different today because I'm lactose intolerant. And one of our pastors heard that and they were like, oh, well, we can pray about that. So they grabbed him, and they said, "You know, have you prayed about it? He said, not really. They're like, oh, well, let's. so she gathered, it was actually Pastor Jody, she gathered some other people around, including the person who had cooked the meal, and they, <laughs> they laid hands on him, they laid hands on him and prayed, healing over his body. And then the one who cooked the meal said, now go get it, you know? Um, <laughs> And he, he got a big portion. That was three weeks ago. He's had no problems since then. Zero, zero problems. So again and again and again. And then the guy who was in a catastrophic car accident and his leg was completely healed standing in the stadium during first service two weeks ago. Again and again and again. So yesterday, so fast forward to yesterday. Yesterday we are in Staff Chapel. And so we get to gather twice a month as a, all, the whole staff comes together and we spend time worshiping and praying and hearing from God's word. Um, and as we were doing that, I had fully prepared to preach and we came into staff chapel and the presence of the Lord was so thick in that room. And one of our pastors, the Joplin campus pastor, Justin Jahancher, came up to me and he said, I really sense that there's a word for people in the room that um, somebody who's been struggling with uh, severe back pain, God wants to heal them. It's, it's an issue with disc or something. Um, and I, I think he even said a herniated disc is the issue. And so um, he, said, he went up and gave that word. Then we had people people around the room Raise their hand if they had back pain. And one of those people is on our team. She's part of our leadership team. Her name is Jen Horman. I'm gonna ask Jen to come on out. Come on, would you give Jen a round of applause? <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for coming up here and doing this. But um, tell us a little bit about what happened when Justin did that and how you responded in that moment.
1: Yeah, so when uh, Pastor Justin got up and gave the prophetic word, I was like, yes, that's for me. <laughs>
0: And why did you why did you know that was for you?
1: Well, I knew it was for me because for the last four years, um, I've had, I have herniated disc in my neck and it's just caused a lot of pain and numbness in my arms. Like even doing simple chores at home or reading a book or even in worship, it's challenging because it just causes pain.
0: Wow, so you raised your hand, people gathered around you and what happened as they started praying for you?
1: Okay, so it was so cool. So as people started praying for me, I could feel like this warmth in the middle of my back. And in that moment, I was like, the Lord's here so I just lifted up my hands and I was like Lord I receive the healing that you have for me Lord I receive that I am healed and in that moment I just felt the Holy Spirit just come over me in such a powerful way it was like almost like static electricity and it started at the base of my head and went all the way down my spine and in that moment I was like I've been healed wow
0: wow Have you felt anything like that before in terms of the way that your back felt in that moment? No. 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 So, so what did you do? Did, did you go home and kind of test it out a little bit? Well, of
1: course I did, because I'm like, <laughs> I want to experience my healing. So I went home and I'm just doing normal chores and just doing different things like that. And I'm like, moving my neck around and I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. You know, and then I went to bed, woke up, no pain. And then tonight during worship, I had no pain during worship. Tonight.
0: Come on, come on. Thank you so much for sharing. Come on, can we give God some praise tonight? He's a God who heals. Here's the thing. God is doing powerful things in the life of the church right now. And what he's doing in working through power, it's awesome. That he did that for Jen. It's awesome that he healed that student. It's awesome that he healed that guy in Australia. But what is he doing? He's he. We, if we're alert, if we're awake, he's giving you opportunity to speak about what he's doing in the life of the church. He's raising people's awareness around you. People are hearing the stories that people are being healed. People are hearing the stories that people are being set free. And all of a sudden it's giving you a reason to talk about the hope that you have in Jesus. Because here's the thing, God wants to work through you. He wants to work in your workplace. He wants to work in your neighborhood. He wants to work among your family members that as you sit down, they go, how's church? You can say, oh. Well, let me tell you, this, this lady, she had uh, herniated discs, four years, tons of pain, chronic pain, and she just raised her hand and God healed her. They're like, what? 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 That's how, that's God's moving. Oh, is that the only thing that's happened? Was that a flu? No, 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 I got a bunch more. And you just start rattling off all the ways God is moving. You start rattling off all the ways God is working. God is giving you a reason to tell the story of what Jesus is doing in the church and what Jesus has done in your life. That's why it's so important to pray with your eyes open, to be alert about what God is doing in this place, in the life of the church, in this season. Now, here's the third principle, and with this, the team can come back up. The power to stand comes from asking for it. The power to take a stand comes from asking for it. Are you asking God for that power? I think it's so instructive that Paul is asking. Is Paul filled with spirit? Yes, he's still asking, he's still asking. Look at this in verse 18. With all this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that wherever, whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, so that I'll fearlessly make known. And then he says this in verse 20, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray, Guys, pray that I would declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray that I would have words in the moment. Pray that I would declare it with intensity, and with force, and with passion, and with conviction, and with fearlessness. If Paul was full of the Spirit, why did he have to pray that? because he realized he could always be more full than he was. He realized that he needed God to continually fill him and refill him and refill him and refill him. And refill him. He never wanted to say, nope, God, I've got enough. He never wanted to say, God, no, I, I, I was at an altar call one time and I really felt you really touched me. And uh, you know what? I'm good. That's not where Paul's at. He says, if there's people and there's an opportunity for me to be even more full of God's power and even more full of God's presence and even more full of God's Spirit, then why wouldn't I want that? Because Paul knows this, that part of what it means to be full of the Spirit is that you're no longer afraid of people. You're no longer afraid of interactions. You're no longer fearful about how they'll respond. You lose your fear of men your fear of women, your fear of mankind. You lose your fear because you're responsive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and you recognize that He's working in every situation that you're in, that He's leading you, that He's guiding you, that He's strengthening you. And so here would be my question to everybody in this room and everybody watching online. Does that fearlessness describe you? Does that fearlessness describe you that there's no interaction that you won't walk into boldly and fearlessly about what God wants to do. That's the fearlessness that God wants you to walk with. That's the fearlessness that God wants you to have. Paul knows he needs boldness to do what God's called him to do. But what's clear from the passage is it's not enough to simply pray for boldness, we have to pray for fullness. We have to pray that God would empower us. We have to pray that God would strengthen us to take a stand by His Spirit, enable us to fulfill the calling that He's placed on our lives. Because remember what Jesus said, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that's what's going to enable you to be my witnesses. It's that power. That God wants to give you God wants to give you power tonight to do what He's called you to do. and greater boldness and greater confidence and the eradication of fear of people to share the gospel comes when we pray how the Bible calls us to pray. when it comes when we pray the way that Jesus calls us to pray. when we say God, you promised it, you promised to do it and now I'm ready to receive it. I'm asking for it. My arms are open, my life is open, my heart is open. Do it in me. Do it in me. So if you want a fearlessness to share your faith, ask. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, say, some of you are saying, well, I haven't I've asked but I haven't received. No, if you want to be filled with the spirit, ask because it's not as if nothing is happening. Oh, something is happening. But God is looking to you to do what he called the first followers of Jesus to do. Namely, to wait on him, to trust him, to ask and to ask and to ask and ask, and he's going to do it. He's a God who keeps his promises. Ask. Do you need to be refilled? Ask. Do you need to be filled with, to overflowing? Ask.